All right. Shall we? Yeah, let's do it. Meredith, the MVH Van Harn, reporting live from Money Pit Studios in Detroit, Michigan. And dear listener, please brace yourself, because what I'm about to say might shock you. If you're driving, pull over to the side of the road. If you're puttering, make sure you're not near any sharp corners that might injure you if you faint. What I have to tell you is this. We, your intrepid Tishi hosts, are sometimes maybe slightly less than perfect. Look, I know this is hard to believe. I know. I know. But in the interest of full transparency, we've decided to convene today to outline our various faults and failings. Since we obviously don't have any major flaws, we'll be discussing our minor bad habits on par with nail biting, a lead foot, or a fondness for scream sneezing. Um, And since only three out of five of us have flaws, uh, joining me today from middle-aged momish studios in Austin, Texas, you know you've already heard her, it's Hillary H-Bomb Livingston Butler. Hello, whatever. I have no (laughs) flaws. I am digging the depths uh, to see what my my bad habits are, but you know, otherwise perfect. It was hard to come up with a list, I know. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. This is a stretch. (laughs) And in Stick of Butter Studios in New Brighton, Minnesota, it's Anne with a plan, Lundholm. Hello, I learned while compiling my list that I only have big flaws, not oh, small no. ones. <laughs> <laughs> oh no! That's not this show. <laughs> well, I think we'll be able to figure out a couple minor ones. Oh yeah, I'm sure um, you can help me with some of them. The two of you know me well enough. These things pop up. <laughs> these things pop up, you know, like we'll say something and you'll be like, oh yeah, I do that too. Like, mm-hmm. yeah, the, you know. We're here to make you feel worse about yourself. <laughs> Just what you want in your friend group. Yep. That's what friends are for. <laughs> um, today on the show, we've got some small talk, including a potential Lord of the Flies situation and my potential disability claim. We'll go through your fictional crushes. Y'all are a horny bunch. <laughs> That was a really quick response to that question. (laughs) I love it. Uh, Medium Talk will detail the very few, very minor bad habits we have. We've got some Tishi recommends for you, and we'll let you know how you can get involved with the show. So first up is Small Talk. Hillary, do you want to get us into it? Sure, sure. Um, We recorded it a little early last week, and we're actually recording a little early this week because I'm just a traveling lady. Um, But last week, I went... um, to the country with some friends. My friends um, rented a lake house in near Kerrville, um, Texas, which is actually where my grandmother is from. And yes, Texas does suck in a lot of ways, but the hill country, particularly that part, is really beautiful. Um, and we stayed at this really cool lake house. Um, and <clears throat> I kind of let my kids, like, whatever. I was like, you know, this is their vacation. They can go, like, run go crazy I swear to god it's like biting me in the ass because my kids are feral like I 
had to yell at them multiple times because it's like they they can't hear the tones of my voice anymore. Like I say, <laughs> go brush your teeth, and they're just ignore. They're they're like, where's the Dr Pepper? Like I want to. They got a I'm- taste of freedom. <laughs> I know, I know. And I found all these TikToks that Bridget filmed when I gave her my phone, <laughs> and it's like her with Dr Peppers, and just like it's eleven o'clock at night. Anyway, I've destroyed my kids, but regardless, Kerrville was really really fun. I they had a rope swing. I wasn't interested in that because I'm a little bit, I don't trust my like upper arm strength, really my upper body strength to hold. Like, I feel like I would either just drop or I would hold on too long and like (laughs) get hit back on the tree. Mm -hmm. So I did climb to like the middle part of the tree and I jumped in and it was fun. But also again, like I've said before, I keep doing these things and being reminded of my 42-year-old body that is like, no, don't, you shouldn't do this. This is a bad idea. So anyway, it was fun. You know, good so, times were had. When you say Texas Hill Country, yes, is that the place and not like all the movies where the cannibals come from? Um, You know, maybe at some point in time, probably. <laughs> <laughs> there are a little bit, you know, I will say with Kerrville, like a lot of it now, I'm sure at some point, it, it, you know, yes, the cannibals were coming out there. Now it's just people with second homes there. I feel like mostly it's assholes. like Germans and yes. pe- people with yes. ranches. Yes. People with ranches, people with second homes and cannibals. there's a lot of and yeah, cannibals. cannibals and cannibals. Uh, there's a lot Probably. of ca- camps nearby there. In fact, when we went out to lunch one day, we had to be aware that camp pickup was happening and we had to get in before the camp release or whatever I was like, mm. okay whatever but it is beautiful I mean the closest thing that it reminds me of in some parts is like the hilly parts of Vermont like maybe and actually it's been it's been really rainy so it's still pretty green around here so it just it I grew up in Dallas Dallas is as flat as could be both you know culturally sometimes and uh <laughs> and terrain wise and it the hill country is very 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 different than that so it was fun, but I'm damaging my children. All right. So I did Google Texas Hill Country Cannibals just to yes. see. Yes. And I'm on Tell the ICE you... website. And the headline from September 18th, 2020 is from Beaumont, Texas. Northeast Texas man who solicited murder, necrophilia, and cannibalism of a minor on dark web sentenced to federal prison. Um. Well, Beaumont, Mo- Beaumont's closer to Houston, sort of. So, you know, and they, it, you know, within striking distance, maybe. <laughs> Listen, that was just the first result. I haven't <laughs> gone through all the you other ones dug, Dave. <laughs> Hey, listen, I would not, um, I wouldn't be surprised at all. I'm not surprised with anything with Texas right now. So, as possible. <laughs> um, um, Meredith, what, you have medical woes? What's going oh on with your goodness, poor body? You guys, I wasn't on the show last week because I couldn't sit in a chair for this. Oh, <laughs> Meredith. Oh, Meredith. I've been there. I don't know what happened. So I woke up a couple of, I don't know, it's, I guess it's been like probably two months ago now with, with left shoulder pain. And, um, I was telling somebody about it the other day and they said well what did you do was it something cool and I was like no literally I think I just slept on it wrong (laughs) it hurts it still hurts two months later so I've been in physical therapy for that and they think that I have like some shoulder blade instability and some muscle weakness around there so I just need to continually like work I just need to do push-ups which I hate so so much but but it's like billions of yoga 
I know, but I guess it doesn't. I don't know. I'm doing it huh. wrong. I don't know. I don't understand. I don't understand. It doesn't not make the a lot yoga of sense. push-ups apparently. Well, I do those, but I guess not correctly. I need to brace my. I need to like brace more and tuck my. They are always telling me to like tuck my shoulder blades. My Ugh. physical therapist is. Whatever. So, because I do like wall push-ups at PT, and she's like, "You're winging, you're winging," and it's like so hard and so exhausting to to tuck them properly. So, I think I just have some anatomical weirdness. So, I don't know exactly how this happened, but so I'm in physical therapy for the shoulder thing, and then I wake up a couple of I don't know a week and a half ago with this intense low back pain, um, and I guess what I did was um, I was potting some plants outside I was like repotting some house plants for a couple of hours which involves like some bending and stooping I guess and then Gregory and I went to the neighborhood coffee shop and we ended up striking up a conversation with these people who turned out to be our neighbors and we they like totally totally hit it off and it was super cool because like how often do you make a new friend especially one who lives on your street just happens to live on your street um but they were sitting down and we didn't want to get too close. So we were standing up. And so I was standing up, like not leaning on anything for about an hour. Um, and my back started to hurt towards the end of it. And I was like, okay, we got to go. Cause I need to sit. Um, and also that's a really long time to be standing there talking to a stranger, uh, yeah. essentially. So we did go, but the rest of the day I was like getting kind of worse and worse back pain. And I was like, Oh boy, what is this? So I kind of like put a heat pad on and, but it just wasn't getting any better. And so, um, I brought it up at physical therapy and they kind of addressed it. Although they medically like insurance wise can't deal with it because I didn't go to the doctor for that. Like that's not why I'm in physical therapy. (laughs) Um, but my legs were like severely two different lengths and I couldn't walk without being leaned over to one side um, and my left hip was jutted way out, like to an insane degree. And my torso was all twisted and it was just, it turns out it was just a muscle spasm. Oh, um, I went, oh. I did end up going to the doctor because I was like, this is insane. And if, if, if I don't take care of it, if it doesn't go away soon, then it's going to throw everything else out of whack and I'm going to be in pain forever. It's just going to be an endless cycle because that's how it works with me. Um, And so they gave me a muscle relaxer and that definitely helped quite a bit. And it's starting, it's definitely getting better. Like I'm on the mend now. I can sit comfortably. It's not perfect. Um, My legs are still two different lengths. um, And I'm still a little, I get twinges going up and down the stairs, but just a muscle spasm is good news. Although, I mean, it hurts so much that that's not much comfort, but at least it's not like a slip disc or something. That's kind of what I was worried about because there were some similar symptoms going on. Um, so there's nothing wrong with my spine, just something very wrong with my muscles. So Ugh. anyway, I'm glad that I'm on the mend, uh, and it's a horrible pain that I don't wish on my worst enemy. Ugh. Muscle relaxers always remind me of 16 Candles when the sister takes all the muscle relaxers before <laughs> her wedding, and she's like, blah, blah, like. <laughs> And so that's what it's I always It's not imagine. that dramatic, <laughs> yeah. I'm... I'm, I haven't had any alcohol in a while because I'm worried that it's going to interact. Like, yeah. I'm like, I don't want yeah. to, you know, <laughs> stop breathing in the night or anything. So, so there's that, but That's it's weird. really not very, it's not very severe at all. It's like, oh, it just makes me a little sleepy. Totally. So, so do you sleep on a stack of mattresses through which you can feel the pee? In the I have middle? always been a princess in the pee with, with sleeping. Um, and I have a pretty specific pillow situation. I love my mattress. It's great. Um, I have like 
a pretty firm kind of orthopedic pillow. And then I put, you know, the pillow that I recommended to Bobby, the squishy cheap Ikea one that you can kind of mold into any shape. I put that on top. Um, and so that's a pretty good situation, but I cannot, st- I still can't sleep on one side, the side where my shoulder hurts. Mm. Um, and that's a bummer cause that's my favorite side to sleep on. Oh, that's such a bummer. But yeah, it's tough. I mean, the muscle relaxers are definitely helping me sleep because I don't, for a while there, when my back was really hurting, I couldn't turn over without waking up. <laughs> when you're waking up, you know, 20 yep. times a night, it yep. just makes for a pretty miserable time. So I'm on the yeah. mend, but it was oh. terrible. Poor Meredith. I know. They're falling apart. I know. You're almost 40. You got to get it. I together. am almost 40. Yep. It's time. <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> uh, I told a friend, a, a young friend, I was like, you know, when you hit 30, it really is just circling the drain. And he yep. thought that was hilarious. And he laughed and laughed it's and not, laughed. It's not funny. And he turned 30. And a couple of months later, I was like, well, so how is it being 30? He was like, oh, my God, my body is <laughs> falling apart. And I'm like, ha ha. I told you. <laughs> Anne is always right. You're right. always right. I know. I know. Our bodies just peak by yes. the time we're yep. 30. And then it's the long, yep. slow descent into daily pain. <laughs> All over from there. Yep. Well, let's go on to something happier, shall we? We'll open up the mailbag and see what we've got in there. Um, on the topic of our character crushes, we got a good one from Bob this week. I mean, yes. you know, not oh, yeah. like he ever sends us stinky email. His emails are always good, but he was extremely thorough <laughs> in this one. And really, we should edit it down and condense it, but I, I can't because no, of all. it's a good one. Yeah. yeah. So he says, okay, for once, sending in an email on time for the next show, maybe... You did it, Bob. Good job, Bob. So here goes. From the Star Trek universe. (laughs) From the original series, Yeoman Janice Rand, played by Grace Lee Whitney. Hot, hot, hot in that (laughs) miniskirt uniform. My 13-year-old brain was just stunned whenever she appeared. From Next Generation, both Dr. Beverly Crusher, Gates McFadden, and Deanna Troy, Marina Sirtis. I seriously Mm -hmm. wanted a physical from Dr. Crusher (laughs) and a counseling session from Deanna. Maybe both at the same time? Ooh, kinky. Uh, My dad, Michael Livingston, was definitely a Beverly Crusher fan. Oh, Mm -hmm. Gregory is too. We watched those not too long ago, and uh, I heard about it a few times. Dr. Crusher can get it. <laughs> yep. Uh, Deep Space Nine, Jadzia Dax, Terry Farrell. Oh, yeah, of oh my course. God. She's, She's gorgeous. so hot. Oh, boy, those spots. <laughs> uh, I don't know if it was the spots, but okay. Plus, she married Worf and could beat him at hand-to-hand combat. Who wouldn't love a woman like that? True. Voyager, seven of nine, Jerry Ryan. I'm of sweating course. just thinking of her. I really wanted to be assimilated and to comply. <laughs> yeah. Wait, my favorite thing about Jerry Ryan is like her deal with her husband, like in real life. Kinky. They, yeah, they were <clears throat> kinky. I mean, I kind of, I think actually like I, it was like a little bit not great, but yep. also, um, you know, woohoo. Right. Look up her chest plate though. Like those are not her boobs. It's a weird like metal, like corset thing she had to wear those to where she couldn't sit down no uh oh. no those aren't no. her boobs Wait a sorry minute. to break it to you i've been laboring under this vast misapprehension all these years 
I learned that pretty early on and I learned she's it was in an interview and she's like I could barely sit down and then I was watching and every time she sits down she sits this extremely awkward position where she, her back is super straight and her legs are kind of off to the side like she just can't sit like a normal human being in that in that I, thing here yeah. we thought it was just because she was bored <laughs> nope but no it just worked out really well mm-hmm. all right let's let's get back to Bob's email because there's more <laughs> Discovery, this is Star Trek Discovery, Sonequa Martin-Green, those eyes, and she's a serious badass and science <laughs> nerd. Um, did we get all the Star Treks? I think we did, Bob. Yeah, I think all we right. did. Going on. My alternate universe gay Bob Stein crushes, <laughs> Alexander Siddig, agreed. Thank you, Bob! <laughs> yes. Uh, Scott Bakula from Enterprise. What a yes. handsome devil. Movie crushes, The Truth About Cats and Dogs, Abby Barnes, played by Janine Garofalo, charming and vulnerable and damn cute. Miss Congeniality, Sandra Bullock, delightfully silly plot, and Sandra Bullock is just fun and beautiful. I can't think of others right now. Must must be many I'm just forgetting. And VT Dubs, you guys' film, pop, TV, culture knowledge is breathtaking. Thanks for it the really show. is. I was also impressed. <laughs> breathtaking is like, I've never heard that <laughs> in describing um, our collective knowledge. It's more like, you nerds, or mm-hmm. like, <laughs> what's wrong with your brains? So the truth about cats and dogs, I saw that my freshman year of college. Uh, I identified with Janine Garofalo's character so much I cried. Oh, <laughs> mm-hmm. the idea there were not of, a lot of characters like that on, nope, on TV of, movies of being the person who could be like smart and funny and interesting, and all of that was trumped by the fact that she didn't look like Uma Thurman. Yep. That hit nineteen-year-old mm-hmm. Anne very hard. Yep. And that British guy, what's his name? Boy, oh, he was cute too with the roller skating uh, Great Dane. It's Ben Ben Chaplin. Yes, we did we it. Got there. <laughs> <laughs> I want to say Ben. I love it, Anne. <laughs> the two of us. I'm like, you know that thing, and you fill in the the blank. It is breathtaking. Oh boy, <laughs> what we could have done, Hillary. I know. I know. If only we'd learned about virology (laughs) or something like that. God damn it. All right. Let's go to Facebook group responses on your uh, character crushes. Let's kick it off with a voicemail from our lovely Jessica. Hi, this is Jessica, also known as Jeremy's sister. So I loved the show this week. It was so great. Um, tons of laughs, and I think Anne and I could be the same person. Um, speaking of Anne and her childhood crush and the DS9 character, that got me thinking of my childhood character crush, which just so happened to be Wesley Crusher, played by Will Wheaton. Um, now, me being the good Christian girl that I was at the time, I would lie in bed at night thinking of Wesley Crusher. And of course, I would uh, insert myself into the story. But of course, nothing untoward would happen until Wesley and I were happily married, which happened a few years down the road. So pretty much every night I would, uh, to fall asleep, add on to my story with more and more adventures that Wesley Crusher and I would go on together. And it was 
quite, quite uh, exciting for me as a teenager. (laughs) Thanks for a fun show and how awesome you all are. Talk to you later. This is so darn cute. (laughs) I I can't even, as the kids say. Mm-hmm. It's so cute. It is so cute. And I love that even like in your fantasy life, it was like, okay, but it has to be within the rules. Right. <laughs> Just to wait until we're married. And I'm betting Jessica didn't really know what they were waiting for. Just that it had to be after they were married. Yes. Oh. Yeah. You know, Will Wheaton was damn cute. I know that people think that Wesley Crusher was a very irritating character. But that wasn't his fault. No. He got a lot of hate that he did not deserve and has had to deal with. So, good on him. All right. Jennifer says, Roy Kent, Ted Lasso, Danny, Rob Lowe, and of course, if I was being honest, Johnny Rose. I don't know any of those people, except I know Roy Kent is a character on Ted Lasso. Yeah. Danny, I'm not... Danny? I don't know what Danny, Rob Lowe is. I... You would think this is for my sister. So I'm like, I feel like I should know this. Better not be. It happened last night. Let's see. Uh, it is. It is. Oh, my you God. Know <laughs> she is of uh, that age group. So it kind of makes sense. I mean, he was hot, but he was such a pill in that in the 20 minutes of that movie that I watched before I said, nope. <laughs> <laughs> You're like, I'm the big nope now. I feel like in 1986. We had different standards, maybe. I don't uh, know. Yes, I think we did. I think we did. Yeah. Uh, Linda says, "Di Jimmy Perez from Shetland on BBC." Oh my God, Linda! Thank you. That character is so hot, so great. I love a British detective series, and the yes. the Brits—they're always so depressed. They have such tragic backstories, you know. Like, was it David Tennant and Broadchurch? I think. He'd screwed up in a previous case and like a girl died. And there was another one where there was a fire and his daughter died. And like Wallander got early onset Alzheimer's to the point where I had to stop watching because it was so depressing. Yeah. So Jimmy Perez is just sad because his wife died of cancer. That's all. I mean, Mm. it's tragic, but, you know, it's not this horrifying act of the universe kind of thing and he's just sort of sad and not ready to date anybody else and is raising his teenage daughter alone and he's very douglas henshaw i think is his name strapping very nice that's a good show um and really quick have you ever watched the show endeavor that's on i think it's from the bbc i do not like it because i cannot watch anything with a character that has such a stupid name what is his name? I don't know. My, Endeavor. My, his name, his first oh. name is Endeavor. No. My hmm. mother-in-law, like legit, I think, um, has more pictures of him, like the main guy. He's so than, like, weird my, looking. Like she, this redhead. L- loves, loves him. Like has talked to me about him multiple times. <laughs> anyway, I'm not really <laughs> as aware of it, but yeah, she's, she's enamored of this guy. No, the original series Inspector Morse is him as an older guy. And then this is like the prequel of him Uh, as a young police officer, I guess. No, I do not watch it because Endeavor is one of the stupider names (laughs) I've ever. very stupid. I can't. I can't get with that. Sorry. Um, Let's see. Kristen says Jude Law's Graham in The Holiday or is Bradley Fine? 
I don't know Bradley Fine. I don't either. I'm going to Google it while okay. you... Okay. Uh, Idris Elba in Molly's Game, Cary Grant in almost all roles. Yes. Yes. Uh, uh, jo- yeah? Spy. A movie that I actually haven't seen, but I always mean to see because I've heard it's very funny. Oh. Oh. Okay. Okay. I got it. Joseph says Fran Fine slash Winnie Cooper. <laughs> Fran Fine is in The Nanny? <laughs> yes. Okay. Um, I think that was a common, like, I think a lot of people really liked her. Yeah. She had a hot little bod. She sure did. Uh, From Anne, since Anne, me Anne, already covered the Sydney Bristow angle, I don't have to lobby for an extra selection and can just nominate Dembe Zuma from The Blacklist. Do I get bonus points that they are both more or less age appropriate? No. (laughs) No. (laughs) No. We're not worried about appropriateness here. Please. Leslie says Constable Benton. Is it Frazier? I think it should be. Oh, yeah. That might have been a copying error. Mm-hmm. Um, I think I know who that is. Uh, Amanda says George Clooney. In mm. ER was all right. But the Croatian guy, <laughs> Dr. Luca, was really the hot one. He was the hot one. He was the hot one. The thing that Clooney has, I mean, despite the Caesar haircut, is he just has that like <laughs> movie starness, yep. and I think that's why everybody was just like, "Oh God, mm-hmm. he mooned over him." Mm-hmm. Uh, do I get to call Rosemary Rowe? <laughs> uh, you can. I get it. People call her Rowe. You can call. I mean, her Roe. you you typed it in here, so <laughs> I, I assume yes. I get to call her Rowe too. Uh, Dylan McKay. <laughs> Surprised nobody else came for nine hundred two one zero. He was on my mm. list, uh, but like it, I just went through too many of my. He was going to be my like you know age inappropriate, my teen crush because mm-hmm. I definitely had a crush on him. I was definitely a Dylan girl. Nope, definitely not for Anne. I know. I don't I know. like a bad boy. <laughs> I know. Uh, she continues, but for raw sex appeal, it's Doctor House mm. and Stringer Bell. <laughs> <laughs> the combo there is that's Rosemary to a T. Yep. Ken says Firefly, Captain Reynolds. Yes, <laughs> Meredith, are you guys going to watch Firefly? It seems like I that was so. Gregory's deal for sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, he's seen it. I haven't, no. um, but it's on the list. Yeah, it's not a big ask. It's only twelve episodes in the right. movie. So, uh, Kent says I also like Patrick, and he is gay. So, <laughs> works for Ken. Mm-hmm. Uh, Julie, I'm going to have to do a callback to a previous discussion and say Agent Cho of the California Bureau of Investigation. Clearly, I haven't watched TV or seen a movie in a long time. Yes, I mentioned him when we talked about The Mentalist. (laughs) I did find him absurdly hot. Um, Joseph says, I had a phase when I crushed on every girl on Saved by the Bell (laughs) 2. I'm not saying it right. I mean, I had a crush on each one at different times. I just like that clarification. He's like, I'm sorry. They were crush worthy. I mean, I I like the girls better than I loved all the guys. Uh, The guys, I mean, mm mm-hmm people who like women had better options on that show than people who like men because for sure i mean slater was absolutely not an option nor no. was screech so that leaves us with zach morris <laughs> i don't think so and he I was guess supposed mr. to Belding. be a heartthrob i think oh mr yeah. belding yeah you know. <laughs> the guy who ran Munchy, the, the max was that oh right yeah name? max yeah yeah oh boy no. Um, Heather says Nate Fisher on six feet under. I love myself a conflicted slash troubled black sheep with a heart of gold. Plus that initial airport sex. He and Rachel Griffiths make my list. I never watched six feet under. 
Um, I, I never watched, finished it. Oh, I, um, I yeah. ne- I watched like the first maybe two seasons. I'm like a three season wonder, really. Like I'm like, oh, I'm super into it, and then I just kind of lose the plot a little bit. Um, and also it got really weird. Like it just got weird. Yeah. Where I was like, I'm I not think super I kind of lost it too. So I will <laughs> say that the last, the final episode, not the episode, but the final um uh, scene. I mean, it's not really a scene, but whatever part of that show is one of the best endings of a show that I've ever seen for a show that I was like meh about that was great. It is great. And it's almost like, even if you have a watch it, it's almost worth watching that part of it. Cause you're <laughs> like, Oh, okay. I get it. <laughs> so just watch the end. I'm sure it'll <laughs> totally make sense. Totally makes sense. Mm-hmm. A bet came in with a good one. 100% Jim Halpert from the office. And he had a slightly mean streak, but well, that's the thing is Jim. If you had asked me in 2007, I 100% would have said Jim Hopper from the office. I was like, yes, this, this is the guy for me. He's so hot. And he's like, he gets it. He's kind of, you know, a little winky winky, you know, he gets what's the, what the joke is. But now when you watch, you're like, you're kind of a dick. Mm-hmm. And it's funny how different he looks now. Yes. Oh, he's like how he's a- like a heartthrob now. He's gone through, as my friend Chelsea used to say, the Hollywood car wash, where it's like, you get a nose job, you lose 20 pounds, you fix your teeth, maybe a chin implant. Did he get <laughs> well, the Well, he grew job? a beard, so you don't, you don't need a chin implant when you grow a beard. I mean, I don't know if men always do, although I kind of think that everybody gets a nose job, like, of some sort, and it might be Probably. super subtle, but, like, it's something. Yeah, I don't know, because I started watching the um, Jack Ryan Mm-hmm. show that he stars in at you know i don't know if i'm going to keep going on because i'm not so into geopolitical tv yeah. thrillers um but i do remember thinking you know that nose is the only thing that keeps him accessible yes, yes. you yes. know yes he has like a little it's bulbous. a little bulbous yeah yes. but you know he seems attainable and sort of cute it makes real. him like goofy cute. Yeah. 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 Exactly. Yeah. But he's also married to like an extremely gorgeous Emily. <laughs> I know. Warren, so. yeah. Weird. Hmm. Uh, Maggie says, Oh, David. I don't think I said that right. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think uh, Oh, David. <laughs> <laughs> How does she say it? Well, she says like, Ooh, David. Ah, uh, okay. David. Okay, so it's it's not totally my fault. No, Maggie no, no, did. no, no. I thought Maggie was just like mid, um, like thought. Like it was oh, like, we can't. oh, <laughs> maybe, thought. maybe. Oh, David. Like, oh, David. Yeah. <laughs> well, she. Come on. How does which David, Maggie? That's why I assumed it was a Shit's Creek thing. I, yeah, that's Me what too. I would assume. Of all the Davids in the world, I think I made a pretty good guess. <laughs> I think so. David Duchovny. David. Yeah. Oh. What other Davids are there? That's it. Yeah, that's it. We're so done. all the Davids in the world? <laughs> okay. Yep. Uh, Lane says, a recent TV marathon reminded me of my first memorable childhood crush, Tommy from Third Rock from the Sun. He was the mm. oldest and smartest of the group, felt as if he didn't belong, and always let his girlfriend take the lead. My first long-term relationship was another chemist, and my partner is now a math professor, so a pattern of attraction to other nerds played out as expected. Who would have thought when he was on Third Rock from the Sun that Joseph Gordon-Levin would be such a big deal? Yeah. I mean, he was was great, but it wasn't exactly a role that screamed future Hollywood star. He wasn't in, like, Heartthrob magazine. 
No, the hair didn't yeah. help. He was no JTT, which is no. definitely a little bit younger, but I was aware of, you know, the JTT-ness of mm-hmm. it all. But yeah, no, he was not. And even when he was in 10 Things I Hate About You, he was still a little, I mean, it was cuter, but he was still kind of a little pipsqueak in that one. Yep. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, he was like then, so skinny. Yeah, exactly. God, that's a good movie. <laughs> Such a good movie. <laughs> no. um, and finally, let's wrap up with another voicemail from some guy named Bobby. Who? Mm. Hi, everybody. I know that uh, technically I am a host or co-host on this show, but since I've been so damn busy lately and I couldn't get on this week, I figured I would just go ahead and send in a voice memo with my crushes, my character crushes. Uh, Let's start with my childhood crush. That would be Ariel from The Little Mermaid, obviously. And of course, you all know the story of how later on in life I would meet the voice of Ariel, Jodie Benson, and uh, help her into her dress. That was a a complicated and arousing moment for me uh, as a young man. So uh, there's that, Ariel from The Little Mermaid. Now into the present, uh, I'm going to go with Jules, the character that Amanda Peet played on Brockmire, uh, because I love uh, just a genius train wreck. So... If you haven't seen the show, she does a lot of drugs, and she drinks a lot, and she has a lot of great ideas. Uh, Jules, and of course it doesn't hurt that Amanda Peet is uh, absolutely gorgeous and very much my type, if I have a type. So uh, there you go on that. Um, Never mind the uh, terrible plot issues with Saving Silverman. Uh, And then also one literary crush, um, that would be uh, Lady Brett Ashley from... Hemingway's The Sun Also Rises, another book just rife with uh, gender issues and uh, a gin-soaked author uh, who hated women. And uh, once again, just a a strong woman who is also uh, an absolute disaster. So um, not sure what that says about Sam, but uh, I apparently have a type. And uh, there you go. My crushes. Thanks. And uh, I promise that someday, if the ladies let me, I'll be back. Uh, so are we going to let Bobby back on the show? Mm-hmm. We haven't discussed this, but. <sighs> and it's really up to you. <laughs> <laughs> mm-hmm. We'll mm-hmm. see. He does like genius train wrecks. That describes yeah. me, right? <clears throat> yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. I think it is actually very cute that his first crush was Ariel. Yeah. I, yes. I having watched it quasi recently. The the animators did not leave a lot to the imagination. No, I mean, sure didn't. her shells are barely containing, you know, the whole bosom area. <laughs> <laughs> and I love that she almost has under boob at this point. Like it's ridiculous. Yeah, it's a lot, and they're kind of like going. You know, they're they make a move a little bit. So, but yeah. Anyway. Well, I I can't criticize anybody for having a crush on a cartoon because no. I'm one of the people that did find that Robin Hood Fox uh, incredibly he was <laughs> hot. <laughs> and it was, was 100% the voice. It doesn't matter yes. about the animation. It was that voice was so <laughs> sexy. Indeed. I had young feelings about that voice. <laughs> You're like, why do I feel this way about a fox? I don't understand. <laughs> it's so debonair. Um, yes. Thank you, everybody. That was 
extremely entertaining. I would not mind Mm -hmm. getting more of those if you come (laughs) up with them because they're just hilarious and great. Yep. Absolutely. All right. Should we move on to the medium talk? Let's talk about some how we're all bad kids in some way or the other. Yes. Not well, really. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. By no structure of the imagination can I be called a bad kid. Now, no. the two of you. Oh, yeah. Did some bad things. Yes. Yeah. But I was literally a choir girl. I know. No, these are. Ki- these aren't. So bad was I. Kids. Well, that's true. <laughs> you were the one me. that like smoked outside the back of the church. <laughs> yes. It's true. You're like, fine, fine. But these are just more bad habits. And I think when we were discussing it, it wasn't like, like, I admit, I have enjoyed a cigarette from time to time. Or like, I like to drink, you know, a few glasses of wine every now and again. It's not really that. I feel like we were talking more just like habits that are, we shouldn't do. um, They aren't, you know destructive really in any way but they're kind of annoying to us and maybe to other people around us mm-hmm. and right? maybe other people wouldn't even consider them bad habits but for our lives they're not helpful yes exactly exactly so let's let's uh start with you Anne, miss good girl what are, what are some <laughs> of the things that you you've dug up I think this first round is going to be very um, facially concentrated, looking at everybody's notes. Yes. Um, So I I don't know. I'll kick it off with the cuticle chewing, which is an unfortunate bad habit of mine. I don't constantly have my fingers in my mouth. Yuck. Um, (laughs) But I did start out as a nail biter and not even Mm. so much a nail biter as a nail ripper. Ooh. Like I would just sort of worry this at gives the nail. The creeps. I know until until there was sort of a, a corner pulling off, and then I would just tear the whole thing off with my teeth, and then yeah. kind of try to even off the ragged edge. Yep. And you know, and then you bite it, you rip it up off too far, and then it hurts, and it's <sighs> not a good thing. And I I stopped. When I was a sophomore in college, I remember very clearly one night thinking, I'm not going to do that anymore. And I just, cold turkey, stopped all of that. But I do still tend to chew at the cuticles just a little bit. Like, maybe I should get manicures or something. Mm. I just don't, I don't want to spend money on that sort of thing. um, My college roommate uh, chewed on her cuticles and I had never seen anybody that did that and I kind of picked up the habit after her because I was like oh this is kind of satisfying actually like I was never really a nail biter I mean I might bite a little bit if there's but it's more like if something's a little bit raggedy and I don't have a file or anything nearby so I'll kind of chew but it is kind of it's so gross but it is kind of satisfying when you can get that cuticle and you're like got it yeah, it's like fixing something. Yes. That was so just a, a, this tiny irritation that keeps you from concentrating fully on whatever else you're doing. Yes. You just got to remove that obstacle yep. and then get on. <laughs> um, Meredith? So on the chewing tip, I have a slightly different issue, which is a little bit unique, I think. Uh, my dentist says that I have... <laughs> bad mouth habits. And <laughs> this is one of them. I chew on the sides of my cheeks. Um, if I'm not paying attention, it's like a, it's not even nervous. It just happens. I just do it. 
you know, kind of all day if I'm not like actively trying to make myself stop and I'll kind of like suck my cheeks in a little bit and chew on the, 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 the sides of them. And I used to love to chew gum and it would help me concentrate and I can't do that anymore. And it, it hurts. Yeah. Cause my jaw hurts. Um, and for some reason this doesn't, this is more like, ch- like clamping down on the sides of my cheeks. I'm not really chewing, but I'm like, like chomping on them. Um, and this is not really a problem except that every time I go to the dentist, they do like a cancer screening and they always have to like do an extra careful one with a special light to make sure that these like ridges on the sides of my cheeks aren't cancer. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you just just scar tissue. Meredith, don't lie. You've been like chewing tobacco. We know it. I've never. <laughs> <laughs> Surprisingly, that's something I've never done. It's so it's disgusting. Not... That looks Surprisingly so with me too. Somebody who enjoys nicotine, I'm like, absolutely not. That sounds no, like. It's bleh. nasty. The, the whole, everything around it is disgusting. Yes. So no, I never, Ooh. never did that. I did like big league chew though. <laughs> well that's Same just thing. fun yeah. <laughs> I have occasionally done some cheek chewing as well but it's more of a sleep thing mm-hmm. I think oh. in periods of great stress yeah. I have done yeah. that and then all of a sudden I will notice that like the inside of my cheek is kind of abraded Yes. Yeah. and I go oh wait and I, I don't know can you make an effort like set your mind while you're awake and have that transfer to while you're asleep because I don't know how to handle it in my sleep other than get on in night your guard. sleep. There's not much to do, but yeah. yeah, night guard will do it. But my, my physical therapist did tell me, um, one way to control this urge is to puff my cheeks out. Um, it also keeps me from clenching my teeth. So you can't clench your teeth really when you're, when you're like, when you have like big puffer Low cheeks. Fish. Yeah. Mm. Oh yeah. You know, my hygienist gave me that exact advice last week. Cause I do do a little bit of clenching that mm-hmm. apparently is, is noticeable now. So often when I'm driving, I'm just driving with my cheeks all inflated <laughs> like a crazy person. It's like somebody farted in the car and you're yeah. like, <laughs> holding my breath like a cartoon character. Um, okay. Yes. My first one is, is, um, in my throat. Um, I have, I don't know where I learned this. It makes my mom crazy. It kind of makes Dave crazy. If the kids think it's gross, but when I, especially when my allergies are acting up and my throat is itching, I do this noise and like I I am more aware of it now. I used to do it with abandon and I tried to like hide it, but I do this noise that's like this. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. And I it feels that. so it itches good. your throat. <laughs> yes. It itches it, your throat. I know it itches exactly my throat. Mean. And sometimes you're mm-hmm. like, it's just so deep in there and I can't it's not like I can reach my finger down and like itch my throat and it just it feels so good and it's so such a disgusting sound that I, I really now I like duck into a closet to be like warm me right now. <laughs> and my mom is like, Where did you learn that? How did you learn how to do that? And my kids will ask, like, how do you do it? I don't I have no idea how I do it. I don't I can't it's not anything I can um, explain, you know, step by step or anything. So I, I should not be treated because if I heard my kids do it, I'd be like, stop it right now. <laughs> do not do that. Don't get into that habit. No, exactly. Mm-hmm. I had a coworker who ceaselessly and unthinkingly cleared his throat all the Ugh. time. Mm-hmm. And I felt so bad because he was one of the loveliest people. And I just enjoyed everything about him. Oh, except that God awful throat clearing just please stop stop it's like when i always clear my throat in the same exact way and i feel like it's kind of on par with that like i i annoy myself with the way i clear my throat (laughs) (laughs) 
You're like, Meredith, God damn it, stop, stop it. Stop it. Um, it's more when it, I notice things becoming a tick with people that it, that's when it starts to, when it's done in a metered out way, mm-hmm. that kind of starts to irritate me. But um, I mean, I would rather clearing a throat than when I'm listening to fresh air or something and there's just like, you can hear the phlegm rattling around Ugh, the back right, of somebody's right, right, throat. Right, right. I'm like, and you're clear like, your throat. Just clear it. Just clear it. Just clear it. <laughs> Drink a glass of water. Somebody from like, you know, the Paris Weekly or whatever. And they're, you know, anyway, <laughs> I'm like, just do it on air. We don't care. Please. I would rather hear that than have this drawn out. Ugh. Mm-hmm. I know. Buh. Um, okay, Anne, next one, bottom of the barrel of things. <laughs> <laughs> well, you guys know that I am not much of a procrastinator. I guess no. that's one of my good habits is that I don't tend to procrastinate on things, but it really it's a self-defense mechanism because it's, um, I think part of my anxiety is if I feel the mental list of things building up in my head that really spikes my anxiety. And the only way I found to combat that is to just to do things right away and get them yeah. done. Yeah. So then they're not on the list. So then I'm not obsessing about forgetting them all the time or about the length of the list. But there is one thing that I procrastinate on every week and I don't understand why it has to do with the laundry. And I, line dry most of my clothes i don't know why it's just my mom had clotheslines growing up and so the underwear and socks and towels and stuff all go in the dryer but shirts and pants and dresses and bras and whatever all go on the line and i have a collapsible dryer rack that i've had since college that's just the right size for a week's worth of and laundry one person only Um, But the problem is when I do laundry on Saturday, I hang it up and it often remains hanging until the next time I do laundry the next week. Yeah, Yeah. I do that with my delicates, too, sometimes. And it would be a three minute job to take them off the rack and fold them and put them away. And let's see, it is, it's Wednesday when we're recording, and it's down there right now, and I did laundry on (laughs) Friday or Saturday morning. And every time I walk through that room, I'm like, God, I should fold that. God, I should fold that. God, I should fold that. And I'm like, why don't I do it? So I don't have to walk by it. I don't have to see it, which is mostly why I forget about it. Until I'm like, why don't I have any sports bras left? (laughs) I know. So literally... Every time I'm going to go to the gym, I have to go downstairs Ugh. and pick it off the line. So annoying. Look, here's mm-hmm. the sports bra. Oh, here's the tank top. And then I can, you know, I kind of wander down naked and get it. And I'm like, why don't you just fold these and put them in the drawer? I don't know. I, yeah, I do the same with the doll. There are many times to the kids I've been like, somebody bring my Spanx up. There's a pair of Spanx on top of the... <laughs> Uh, that's the, I hate having, I, my dream one day is to have, um, a, like a big ranch house, not like a ranch, but you know, a one story because the stairs are inhibiting to me. I'm like, Oh, I don't want to go down the stairs. Yeah. Main floor laundry is a dream. Oh, so annoying. I get it. I hear you. All right. All right my Meredith. next one is, um, 
produce stickers. So <laughs> this is, I'm so hesitant to say something. I thought you were going to say like you collect stickers or something. No. Like, <laughs> <laughs> I left it ambiguous on purpose on the, on the show sheet. Um, I'm so hesitant to say something that Gregory doesn't already know about because I don't want him to be like, oh yeah, that is annoying. <laughs> so this is something we've discussed because usually what happens is I cook and then he cleans up. Um, that's the division of labor that works for us. But what that means is when I like, you know, take my sad friendless zucchini over to the sink to wash it, I take the little sticker off and I'm like, ugh, I don't want to walk this all the way over to the trash because it's on the other side of the kitchen and it's already stuck to my fingers. So I just like stick it to the side of the sink or I stick it to the counter or I stick it to the drying mat. And (laughs) what that means is that eventually everything is covered in stickers (laughs) and he has to kind of like decrustify everything he doesn't let it get bad but he's always like why the fuck don't you just throw these away Uh, oh it's a lot of work i have to walk i think a lot of it is the like distance you're like oh it's like when i drop something and i don't want to pick it up but i do but i'm so irritated by it that i'm like i want to do this you you drop it's like it's it's the worst thing that's ever happened. <laughs> yeah, it drops. I can't like, believe oh, I can't this. Can't do this. I have the worst luck. Those little stickers are tough and they're tiny and they're often stuck to my finger, and so it's easier for me to just kind of like scrape them off onto the counter <laughs> than to try and like stand over the trash can and like rub my fingers together and get it to fall into the trash because I don't want to touch the trash. No, you know. Yeah. You think so, in this day and age they would come up with a better system yeah, than putting mm-hmm. a sticker on each individual avocado or whatever? Like, and I know banana is a banana edible. is a banana, so you should right. except there's organic and yeah. you know the robot bananas. How right. could we tell the difference and know True. which one to charge you an arm and a leg for absolutely no reason for? Yeah. Yep. Hmm. But I don't know. It seems extremely inefficient. Like, maybe we could start a better sticker company or something. Yeah. Or maybe we could, like, print barcodes on the bananas with edible ink or something. Or that are easy to wash off or something. Yeah. Yeah. But see, that doesn't work for avocados. We'd have to print the barcodes in, like, white ink, and it would be very knobbly. And it doesn't work for, like, lettuce, especially when it's under those misters all day. Hmm. Oh, boy. <laughs> well, this Come problem on. was just unsolvable. Mm-hmm. Y'all can do it. I, I can. I can feel it. Let's use our like pop culture energy and minds and get it towards produce stickers. Yeah, we can solve. Do you this ever crisis. use the produce stickers and like make pictures? Make a nice collage. Maybe I should repurpose. Yeah, maybe I should start doing art. Like this is my vision board, and here's all the produce I ate this this month. Look how good I am at. I mean, diet. it's gotta be. Didn't your mom like do Starburst art? Yes, she's done origami with like every kind of candy wrapper on earth. She made like chain. I think we had like chains that went around the Christmas tree from Starburst wrappers. Yeah, I mean, there's got to be that. some similar angle for produce stickers maybe i should run it by her and see what she thinks yeah Yeah. i bet she has a good solution oh i bet she does that's a that's a thing that she i feel like i've never met her but it that's rings true 
she there's a purpose for everything in her house like she finds she doesn't throw anything away she doesn't waste anything (laughs) so i'm sure she's got something i can't be one of those people that like saves their butter wrappers and puts them in a bag in the freezer to use (laughs) well it's not quite that bad but she definitely like repurposes stuff and because she grew up poor and so she doesn't exactly i'm like the depression is over (laughs) yeah but she's not a hoarder but she just like is very crafty that's a great it quality. didn't inherit that. It is. It is. <laughs> um, okay, mine is, and I mentioned this at the Jamboree um, meeting. Um, okay, so one of Dave and my biggest fights is like um, he leaves cabinets open and it makes me crazy and actually why why dave why i I don't know it makes i'm like close it like i don't understand why you just don't close it when you're done with it another thing that really makes me crazy let's just like let me air all my grievances towards him (laughs) i like hate this like i viscerally hate when someone uses the microwave and doesn't like okay so I set it for 30 seconds and I'm like, oh, after 23 seconds, I'm like, I'm good with it. And people don't clear it out. It like makes Ugh. me like panicky because I use that for the time a lot. Like I, even though I have clocks all around me, I look up at the microwave to and see you're what like, time it's it is. it's 14 o'clock. How? <laughs> I know. It make, and he never clears it out. And that, so that makes me crazy. But conversely, I do something and it makes him crazy when I'm cooking I leave the refrigerator door open <laughs> and I do That's this insane <laughs> with sorry, full Hillary. knowledge. No, it is. It is. I'm more, I don't know why it's like this. I've tricked myself into believing it's more efficient because I'm not constantly opening the refrigerator. <laughs> not energy <door>. efficient. <laughs> leave it open. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, to be fair, I'm not like, this is, you know, it's not like I'm doing it for an hour. It's probably like, five minutes like it's not but it is still like a really dumb thing that I'm just like no I just like want to have it open because I, I forgot that I need cheese or whatever I need because you're about but, to go back in there yes and so I'm like I get the impulse but that's a tough how do one. you keep the diet coke at the proper temperature <laughs> I know I know and there have been a couple of times where I have like a rosé in there and I'm like why is it lukewarm because <laughs> I did it to yourself my fridge dings at me if I leave it open too long like it's it's incentivizing to keep it shut because I don't want it to get mad I know I have our our refrigerator conveyed with the house which I'm living in constant fear that it's going to break and there's such a shortage of, um, you know, everything right now that I've heard tell that it takes, you know, a couple months to get a refrigerator when you order it. And I keep thinking that I should, we should just, even though I don't want to spend the money and the refrigerator works fine. Though I don't like the refrigerator, it works fine. And I'm loath to spend money on something I don't need, but I keep thinking we should just go ahead and get it. And if this one's still working, that can be the beverage fridge out in the um, garage and, and we will just have a new one because I don't want to wait. I don't know what I would do if I had to wait like three months for a refrigerator. I don't know what I would How do. How is that possible? I guess I I'd get a mini either. fridge and something. Well, but... you might just n- not be able to be picky about getting no. the fridge that you want. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Which would be gross. Now, here's a thing about what configuration fridges do you guys have? Do you have top freezer, bottom freezer, or side freezer? Side freezer. Do you like that? No. I mean, okay. I like it fine. What I actually don't like, the freezer is fine. It, that doesn't bother me quite as much. Although it's, I, I'm always reorganizing it. So it feels narrow. Like it is so narrow. Yeah. I really, the, what I don't like is the refrigerator side because it is, I think it is too narrow and I'm always shuffling. And another mm. thing that irritates me about Dave is that he looks in the, 
if he opens the refrigerator, he looks right in the center. And if he can't find it, <laughs> it's not there. And I'm like, <laughs> I bought you a thousand, you know, jalapenos because you like them and all these vegetables and things that are going bad. And it's in the crisper drawer. Like it's in there and you need to look at there and he just doesn't. And it's just, he just doesn't. And I wish I had one that was more of a bottom, um, freezer. So then you could have the French door situation, you know, and it was just more centered, but that, you know, I have the say. bottom freezer and I love it because yeah. it has drawers. It's like yes. got a couple yeah. layers and you can pull them out. And so I keep like all my smoothie stuff in one area and it's just so satisfying. And then the bottom is divided in half. So I can put like, this is where I put like my microwave meals and this is yeah. where I put my frozen bread. And you know, it's just so satisfying to organize it that way. I don't and know. You- it, it's, I have a top freezer. And yeah. the thing about the bottom freezer is I feel like all the ones I've seen have baskets that you pull out. And that seems really inefficient because it has a lot of wasted space when you have a basket. Mm. Mine has like a divider. That's the only kind of thing. Mm. But I know what you mean. Like when people reorganize their fridge with containers, it's like so much of your fridge now is taken up with container. Mm-hmm. And my concern, you know, like they do all these cute, clear things. Yeah. Yes. My, my real concern, <laughs> this will tell you about me, is when I bake the Christmas cookies, I need oh. every inch of that freezer yeah. space yes. to get them in there. And I just, oh, and one time we got my mom a large Dairy Queen ice cream cake for her birthday, and we couldn't fit it in. Oh, yeah. If you can't fit a large Dairy Queen ice cream cake in your freezer, then there's a problem. Yes. What's the point? <laughs> I, my first post-college refrigerator in, um, in my Berkeley apartment, it was the worst refrigerator that has ever existed in history. It wasn't even like, it wasn't like, oh, it's like a cute 50s refrigerator, you know, that's like, you know. Like Blue. a snag or something. Yeah. yeah. No, no. But it was like kind of in that style in that like you open the refrigerator and then there was a like whisper thin um, thing that sealed off the freezer part. Like and it was it was oh, the size. No, 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 no. It's the size of my laptop monitor. Like it was like the width of that, you know, just mm-hmm. I, it, it, it was awful. And I remember when we so moved the into kind you had to defrost. Yes. Yep. Per, yeah. Yeah. And so no, when thanks. we moved into another apartment and we had the top freezer, we went to Trader Joe's and got so many frozen meals. We were like, <laughs> fuck yes, this is awesome. No, those are, those are, those are terrible. Terrible. It's amazing how important fridges become to you when <sighs> you, you get older. <laughs> it yeah. really, really is. Organizing when I get new groceries and organizing the refrigerator, like kind of gives me a panic attack. So, um, okay, moving on from fridge talk. <laughs> Give us your fridge recommendations along with your badass. This show has everything. <laughs> um, okay, Anne. Uh, all right, well, I don't know if this is kind of cheating, but I I hope it's not. So my bad habit is ruthlessly stamping out my bad habits. That's continuous self-improvement. That's great. I guess it strikes me as when you're in the job interview and you're like, my flaws and employees that I just work too hard. Yeah. Um, but honest to God, I am such a perfectionist. You guys know that about me. And it has been an extremely negative factor in my life. And I get, you know, I got great grades and I do everything really well, or at least pretty well or whatever, but it makes it impossible to ever succeed because perfection is not an attainable goal. Uh, and yet I always, 
always think of, I just tried a little harder. I fail, and I'll, I'll try a little harder. If I just work harder, I'll get it. And so I have spent my life stamping out any possible bad habits that I could have, any laziness or procrastination, except the clothesline, <laughs> or any of that stuff. Uh, and I think it's bad for me. I think it's a bad habit to be so... so well, bad habit to be so self-critical you know yeah yeah like I honestly I did have a hard time coming up with bad habits when I was writing this list and it's not because I'm a perfect person but it's because I try to be a perfect person yes Mm -hmm. and that yeah the goalposts are so unattainable at this point that like it's probably really stressful to constantly feel like you're not enough when in actuality you're amazing and every human is flawed yes I I live this weird duality where I do things and I think, well, that's the best I could have done and I should have tried harder. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I understand. I can't get it. So, and it is a head fuck and it's real difficult to get out of that. And I'm trying, I'm trying to have more bad habits, but it is freaking me out then that people won't love me if I have bad habits. Take up smoking. It's fine. <laughs> Super fun. It's good for you. Makes you, you probably look so won't cu- cool. chew your cuticles anymore at all. Yeah. If you start smoking. Probably I can uh, <laughs> solve that oral fixation in another way. I remember yep. back in my retail days, I was putting a display of something together and I had hung a big picture on the wall and I stood back and looked and I thought, no, it needs to go to the right a quarter of an inch. And my employee who was standing there with me he goes Sian, that's why I could never date you is that nothing would ever be good enough for you and oh. I was like whoa uh, wow. okay first of all why are you who considering asked you? this <laughs> yeah exactly second who asked you and third I only apply those standards to myself I don't apply them to anybody else well, and that's the thing. People always are going to be like, oh, like I can't live up to it. And you're like, no, it's just me. I promise. It's just right. me. I mm-hmm. know these are not reasonable standards, which yeah. is why I don't apply them to anybody. But somehow the rules are different for me. So I don't know. That is my very bad habit of always thinking that I have to do everything perfectly. Well, yeah, it's and controlling the narrative about right. your situation. Exactly. Yeah. And so that's why not folding the clothes is an act of rebellion. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And mental health. <laughs> well, that's I can so be that way about like, yeah, I can be that way about cleaning my house. And I got, I don't know when I got that way, but I started to become like paranoid because I had so many animals that I didn't want to like have a gross house, you know? Yeah. yeah. So I was kind of, beca- I started to clean kind of obsessively and I'd like to be in a tidy and clean environment, but it's almost impossible to just keep, you know, I don't have time to clean all day long. Yeah. Um, and so one of the things when I was in therapy, my therapist ha- told me to leave some dishes in the sink. And I was like, I don't know if I could do that. <laughs> and it like, gave me hives, but I did it. And I know and I, I it. had almost the exact same experience because I think I use that as an example once with her. I was like, even if there's just a few dishes by the sink, before I go to bed, I have to wash them. And she's like, well, what would happen if you didn't? Mm-hmm. And I was like, I don't know the world would end. Mm-hmm. She I was mean, like, probably. no, it would. It wouldn't. It would. And, you know, if you, if you didn't clean your bathroom this week, what would the, be the worst that would happen? 
you'd have a dirty bathroom. You wouldn't die. And I'm yeah. like, are we sure? <laughs> might. Uh, the 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 dishes in the sink though. I can't. I mean, I can't. Even when I like have had a party and like I have had way too much wine, I am cleaning that goddamn kitchen before I go to bed. Mm-hmm. Like I can't. Well, who wants is... to wake up to a oh, big old sink that's the thing. dishes? It's awful. I, I keep telling kids. I mean, this is a this is a you know different. I, but I keep telling my kids like help tomorrow you <laughs> like right yeah. now you help tomorrow you because like when they're packing their snacks or whatever for camp or school, I'm like. You'll be happy tomorrow that it's done. Like, trust mm-hmm. me on this. Let me show you the way. I always find that doing the dishes at the end of that type of thing is really a nice, like a de-stressor and a yeah. de-compressor for me. Like, usually even when we have like Christmas or something at my mom's house and we have the big meal and, you know, you sit around the table for a couple of hours and it's really nice and I like everybody and I'm having good conversations. And then there comes a point when I'm just like, you know, the introversion kicks in. I'm like, yeah. I, I need to be done mm-hmm. with this now. And mm-hmm. I always go into the kitchen and just start doing the dishes. Mm-hmm. And it just gives me that time to like recenter yep. and kind of calm down from all the interaction. Yeah. Uh, I agree. It can be a great meditative yep. thing to do. And I, I don't love doing it, but I do like when it's done. That's kind of yes. how I feel about all of cleaning. Absolutely. Yes. I have a, a friend who cleans because it's her stress uh, relief. She just loves the process of cleaning. I'm like, no mm-hmm. way. Mm-hmm. I love no. when it's done. Oh, it feels yep. so good. It feels so good. When I come down and the kitchen is clean and it's been swept and all the things that I or that I know I did, like cleaning the spoon rest, which is a debate in our house sometimes about whether or not it's been done it makes me so happy because or and even like the pillows are fluffed and you know the cushion seats are kind of tucked back in because they always somehow slide out it makes me happy when it's it, everything is just well a I serene. yeah I splurge on I get a housekeeper once a month it's not that big of a deal it's not that expensive and it's like my favorite day of the month oh is- uh, even even Rory comes home when when um we have we have one twice a month and when she, he comes home and it smells like pine salt he's like oh it smells so good yes. I'm like I know buddy it does it's it just so gives great. you like a little twinkle of well-being yes mm-hmm. like oh this is wonderful and I didn't have to do it <laughs> yeah exactly um okay Meredith um yeah on the same kind of like heavy <laughs> heavy tip here um I have kind of like a I've realized this about myself in kind of in the in um, recent years is that I have kind of a fear of scarcity. Um, And I don't know exactly why this is I initially was like, well, it's because I didn't grow up having a lot. But it's not like I was starving. You know, it's not like we were hungry. It's not like I didn't know where my next meal was coming from. Right? Like, it's more like, but you didn't live in poverty. We were taken care of. Yeah, like we had the things that we needed, you know, um, just not the things that we wanted. So, um, you know, when you're a bratty kid, it's easy to feel deprived in that situation, but we were not neglected or anything, but you know, um, I, I noticed this with food sometimes, but definitely with things like shampoo, like I am allergic to using the last of the shampoo. Mm-hmm. And I think maybe that is because that wasn't something that my mom was interested in, like 
use whatever's in the shower. You know, she, we, she wasn't going to get me more herbal essences, you know? <laughs> so I had to make that stuff stretch. Um, and oh my so God, herbal essence, I know. <laughs> <laughs> so I didn't want to use head and shoulders. I wanted to use my rose scented perfume or- bomb orgasm shampoo. shampoo. <laughs> yeah. 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 Oh, right. I mean, who Ooh. wouldn't want that ah. <laughs> along with my dove chocolates? I mean, come on. Um, so I have this, like, this intense need to stock up on things because I'm afraid of running out and I'm afraid of using up the last bit of things, which means that they just sort of like back up, you know, like I have so much bar soap under my sink and I just bought a new three pack and I don't know why, (laughs) you know, I have a ton left. It's going to be like three months before I need more. But what if I'm in the shower and I don't have any soap? Let's not pay attention to the fact that I've got body wash in there as well and of three different kinds, you know, it's, it's not a logical thing, but I definitely overbuy and I stuff like every, you know, we don't have any closet space left. We have a huge kitchen kitchen and there's no more cabinet space or counter space or uh, drawer space left. And we have like a little pantry kind of situation in the basement on these shelves where I keep the extra paper towel and the extra toilet paper and Clorox wipes and stuff like that, because I want to just be able to run downstairs and basically shop at my own house, you know, if I, if I run out of something. So that tends to be, it's not the worst thing in the world, but it's kind of a waste of money. And I don't have, I'm running out of space. Like I can't keep doing this forever. You know, there's a limit to how much stuff I can store. I have a little bit of a, a touch of that. I would say, I don't think that I overbuy, but I certainly am worried about running out. Yeah. I do a lot of like calculations and checking on things. And you know, when you're at Target or whatever and you're like, do I have more soap? Do I? Yeah. Do I? Do yeah. I? I better get, just some. get some more just in, just case. in case it just doesn't case. hurt to get some. But like it really came to the forefront during the worst of the pandemic when I was only going to the grocery store once every three weeks. And then I became sort of panicked. And I'm like, what if I run out of paper towels? What if I run out of paper towels? And I'm like, well, then you go to the store and get more. They're still there, Anne. It was a very You just weird don't want to go. Thing. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it wasn't toilet paper. I mean, the toilet paper was a real issue. Well, yeah. 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 God, that was, I was, I mean, in that we're like entering, you know, electric COVID to electric <laughs> boogaloo or whatever. Mm-hmm. I, I mean... I remember that was my panicky feeling in the very beginning was less about getting sick. I wasn't ever, I mean, I was worried about it, but in the very beginning I was like, I don't, what? I don't even know what to be worried about, but I was more worried because we live in America and it's a land of overabundance and going to the grocery store or target or whatever, and always getting what you want all the time or Amazon, whatever. And I was like, I can't like, and that really freaked me out. Like that. Yeah. Was, it's weird to not it, have the option. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then the only toilet paper was like de Mexico, which was yes. fine, <laughs> but it was just sort of, and I know y'all were like French or yeah. whatever. Like, why the butt? <laughs> yes. Fine. Well, we got a bidet and like as a way to kind of mitigate some of that. And also it helped our pipes. <laughs> so. Some people that was had kind of pandemic a babies. Meredith and Gregory mm-hmm. had a pandemic bidet. Yep. I that whole thing was so weird because I wasn't worried about a toilet paper shortage until other people started getting crazy about it. It's like a well, there didn't effect. need to be one. It was people no. hoarding stuff, and yeah, I was... don't tend to hoard. I just buy like more than I need. You know, I didn't fill my cart up with it, like I saw some people doing at Target. Right. You didn't buy all the beans. No. 
<laughs> the yeast. The yeast. Oh my god. <laughs> it was hard to find bread flour. I I bought I bought some and brought it to my sister and my mom in Grand Rapids. I drove two and a half hours to bring them bread flour because they couldn't find it anywhere. And I gave my mom toilet paper. I traded her toilet paper for masks that she made. She made for cigarettes. Masks. <laughs> yeah, basically. God, I forgot how wild all of that was. I that know, first like two months was pretty bad. Yeah. Uh, and now we're just like Let's do it again. All sorts of people dying, ICUs, filling up again. Anybody want to go to Lollapalooza? Yeah, please. Oh, my God. That looked like pure hell. That's too close to me for comfort. I don't like it. I don't like it in general. And, like, uh, that many people. Uh, You know they're not all from Chicago, too. So they're going to start spreading back out to wherever they came from. Yeah. Great. Awesome, awesome, awesome. Okay. The final one, I think, and this is definitely not, this is definitely not deep. It's more just, I'm gross, is um, <laughs> I, as you know, previously mentioned, I do have allergies um, and I hate, I mean, I have tissue right by my bed, but I don't always want to reach for it in the middle of the night and like kind of jostle with the tissue box. So I get like three pieces of tissue and keep it like next to me in bed. <laughs> And occasionally wake up and like blow my nose and then just kind of like leave it next to me. And so when we're making the bed, Dave often will like pick it up and be like, this is disgusting. And I'm like, I'm sorry, I have allergies. I don't know what to tell you. And I have definitely found like, you know, when we're changing the sheets or something so, or, or when I'm looking under the bed for whatever, I'm like, ooh, there's some tissue paper right there. Sorry. So yeah, it's it's. I'm gross to live with. Like I'm pretty neat most of the time, but there are all these little like. Well, this is you know, it's because I have allergies. Like I have to deal with this. You know, shut up. You you, you just cabinets open. Your grossness. Yes, yeah. of course. But it is it is pretty gross. Not when I'm sick, but like you know, just the clear the clear snot. <laughs> Not, I understand not. that. I mean, the the t- the trash can's on the opposite side of the bed from me, so I would have to like lob it over his oh, head to get it in there. Absolutely not. And absolutely then try not. to make a basket. So I'm just not going to do that. No, absolutely not. I try to collect it in the morning. Maybe you could have just a little teeny tabletop receptacle. <laughs> That's a good idea <laughs> for used tissues or something. <laughs> I usually do walk them over in the because I I am. I make my bed every single day, like hell or high water. Unless I'm like in it all day, I make my bed every single day because it makes me feel dirty if I don't. So I usually try to get them, but a, a few stray ones get missed on occasion. It I make the bed every day because it feels so good to get into a tiny mm-hmm. bed. Yes. It's such one of the great small pleasures, yes. if that makes sense. Oh, of totally. Life. Yep, is peeling back that coverlet. If you just have to like burrow back into the Ugh. nest of blankets, it's not the same. I feel disgusting. And well, I always say like, if you make your bed, your room looks 10,000 times neater and you it took you two minutes to do it. Like yeah. it doesn't mm-hmm. take any. It's not like I need hospital corners. In fact, I hate hospital corners because I don't I feel like my feet are like claustrophobic when I have them. Oh, I like so being tucked in. I, I don't. But I don't even do that. Like I'm just like, no, pull it. Just like pull it a little tight. Put the, you know, dressy pillows up and you're done. It's fine. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And yes, pulling it back at night, you're like, oh, yes. Getting in. I used to have good. to not have hospital corners because it was necessary to have one foot sticking out from underneath <laughs> any covering. Sure. Temperature <laughs> something, regulation. Something just had to be done there. 
Oh, well, okay. As you see, we are minorly flawed people. Not thoroughly flawed, just a little flawed. No, just a little. You know, just a little bit. So everybody, come on, come admit it. What's your bad habit? Go to the Facebook page or, you know, all the usual stuff, usual places, and let us let us have it. Oh, sometimes I can be argumentative. That's a bad habit. <laughs> well, or a character flaw. It's too late. <laughs> you already said yours. <laughs> yeah, perfect. <laughs> Uh, yeah. No, I mean, hey, if we want to plumb the depths there, are, I, I did ask Dave, like, what are my bad habits? And he was like, I need to think about this. Oof, and I'm you sure brave woman. I know. Yeah, that's, I know. That's it's dangerous. like the time I asked Dave, I was like, which of my friends would, do you think is the hottest? And no. he was like, he said, and I was really asking, like, I'm just curious. And he was like, there's literally no way I would ever answer that question. <laughs> and I was like, all right, <laughs> I get it. They're all wonderful ladies, and I have no interest in having any carnal knowledge of any of them. (laughs) No, not at all. Yep, exactly. All right. uh, I'm going to move on to T-She Recommends. Um, Again, I've I've been on a reading kick. I mean, reading, listening, what have you. I know there's like a debate on it, and I have feelings about that debate, so I'm not going to weigh in here, but I have been listening um, via the Libby app to um, a few books that I enjoyed both of these books that I like plowed through this week. Um, one is called Brat. It is by Andrew McCarthy. Yes. Blaine from Pretty oh. in Pink. And it, I loved it because, well, it, he's actually a very good writer. He, he's a travel writer, apparently. That's like something he has sort of developed over life. the last few years. I know. And, uh, but he's a, he's a good writer, even like caveat for an actor, He's a good writer. He's better than a lot of other ones that I've read. And um, it just kind of tells about how he, he became an actor and, you know, how he felt the whole time. And he was super insecure. He never really felt like he was a part of the Brat Pack, even though he was. He was like, I wasn't really friends with him. I mean, I think he was friends with our favorite James Spader, but he wasn't otherwise like, you know, really good friends with Molly Greenwald. In fact, he said that they kind of, they didn't have an acrimonious relationship, but he was older than she was. And you know, they didn't like necessarily click on any sort of level, but, um, it was, I really, really enjoyed it. And it was also like five and a half hours long. So one day of work, I'm just like listening. I'm like, wow, I'm already done with that. Nice. Oh, that was good. <laughs> I read um, a book. I read a book. Um, the other book I, um, read this week is this one called, I said fallen. It's called falling, not fallen. Um, okay, and Fallen uh, was that Harry Styles thing? No, yeah, so maybe. I was like, Hillary? <laughs> you already read this, Hillary? <laughs> no, this is called Falling by, um, her name is TJ Newman. And I had actually heard her on Fresh Air. And I was like, well, this sounds interesting. And it's definitely in the vein of like a, you know, ironically an airport read where it's like a thriller. But it's, the premise is so great. Um, I... I would say I, I really liked about 75% of the book. The other, it, whatever, I have minor quibbles. But um, um, T.J. Newman was a flight attendant for Virgin, I think. And um, so while she was doing her flight attendanting, she r- wrote this book. Um, and it's the story of a pilot who, um, when he start, he's flying um, from Los Angeles to, and this is, in the very beginning he's flying from Los Angeles to New York. And when he gets on the plane, he like checks his email or something and, or he has a text message and his wife and two kids have been basically taken hostage. And the guy that's taking them hostage says, either you take the plane down or I'm killing your family. 
So he has to kind of like grapple with what to do. And then like, you can't tell anybody I have backup on the plane. Like you're not getting out of this. So it's sort of like that scenario of what happens um, and how he maneuvers through it. And it was, you know, again, it was like a silly premise, but actually you could kind of see it happening. I guess that there was another terrorist um, situation and it was, um, I, I, again, that was a longer one. And I think I finished it in, I don't know, a day. So it was very enjoyable. Good summer read. Nice. Mm. Yeah. I don't think we want to give the terrorists any ideas, though. I know. I no. know. I asked Will about it, and he was like, yeah, there were some people that were like, oh, this is giving people ideas. But, um, yeah, I know. It's a little scary. But it was good. And it was like, it was, when I say it was light, I'm not, obviously, it's like very dark, but uh, it wasn't all just like super depressing. It was, it was pretty good. Pretty light. So if you want to be on a watch list of some sort, check out. <laughs> This book. <laughs> and actually, I will also recommend her interview on Fresh Air was really good because they talked about the book, but really they talked more about like, what is it like being a flight attendant? <laughs> and mm-hmm. like, you know, I would say 50 to 65 percent of interesting it. job. And yeah. she said that she could if she sees somebody, she can tell you what their order is going to be like their drink order is going to be. And she's like, I'm always right. Okay. <laughs> I think there. flight attending Probably the depiction of it is the about the farthest away of the reality of the situation. Yeah. Like it was for so long portrayed. It still maybe is like as a kind of a glamorous job. But totally. my God, the soft Oof. skills you have to have to oh, be a flight no. attendant. Odd. Dealing with that, especially right now. My goodness. God. Mm-hmm. No, thank you. Yeah. They should get paid a million dollars a year. Yeah, seriously. Okay, well, uh, if you guys want to get involved with our show, our website is thisshowhaseverything.com. You can send us your comments, as always, on throwyourphone.com. Join our Facebook group. That's where we talk about our question of the week, and you can post whatever you want, and it's not even a dumpster fire. It's great. Our show Twitter is at Show. I think we just use that to automatically push out an update when we post a show, but whatever, you should follow it. Our email is tshe at 10710.com. That's written out those letters. Um, you can also send us a voice memo. So if you record it on your phone, um, like you heard a couple times in the show today, you can just email it to us. And that means you can record it as many times as you want until you get it right. Um, and you can also fax Bobby your butt at 617-354-8513. So thank you for joining us. And that was everything about how terrible we are. <laughs> and refrigerators. <laughs> and refrigerators.